0: Dope. Welcome back. Welcome. To, an, to another episode of Lady Blurred's Sing the Blues. This is your girl, sometimes V. This is
1: Kylie Too Smart. How would do?
0: I just want to bring to your guys' attention that we're still in COVID city with 8,833 confirmed cases of COVID in Santa Clara County, with a total of 454 thousand cases plus an additional eight grand since the last time we spoke
1: yes so when everybody is like out here talking about oh it's just one percent i'm like yeah sure one percent is actually a very large number and i guarantee that you know somebody who's been personally affected um by now by by now, now by now
0: yeah it's getting worse people are i Went into a pizza shop, and the guy waiting in there was not wearing a mask, but you can tell by his energy that he just wanted to start a fight. Like he had, he he looked like a he was a white boy who looked no older (laughs) than looked no older than thirty. I know, no no older than thirty five years old. And he had a hat with big lettering that said "Veteran," and I'm like oh here we go here we fucking go so my whole take on this is if you spent the time protecting your country it's more than just doing tours out in the middle east it's more than just doing tours in the u.s it's more than just going to a different country it also means that you have to stay proactive in the country that you swore to protect so that means if you're not wearing a mask and you're running around with a veteran cap on. You're not protecting your country. Wear a mask. Do your do your diligence and wear your fucking mask. Okay,
1: honor honor your oath.
0: Honor your oath. Yeah, like I don't owe you shit, but you went out of your way to owe us shit. So do. You, and I just don't understand why why people like that think it's okay. There was also another person who I went to a different store, and she was not wearing a mask and she worked at the store I actually left a very nasty Yelp review about it. But <laughs> yeah, I totally carried it, but I, I passively aggressively carried it, but she was questioned by another man. You need to wear a mask. It wasn't even questioning. It was a statement. You need to wear a mask. And she goes, I'm high risk. I have an autoimmune disorder and I can't wear this mask.
1: And I just stopped. Wait, and- that doesn't make any sense. No. Because I know many people who are high risk and they're definitely wearing masks. That is to protect themselves because they are at risk. And many of them like are not even chancing going out and about if it's not like strictly something that they need.
0: Yeah, it made zero fucking sense to me. I almost cackled in that store. Cackle? Because she looked like one of those people who don't, who, who, first of all, regardless if she has an autoimmune disorder, she doesn't look like she takes care of herself. And like, she was just waiting for people. And the moment that she was told like, I don't get to wear a mask, she had this like nasty smug look on her face. I'm like, okay, so I guess you get to die faster. Oh, I guess. Yay. Like you already have all these <laughs> these things going against you, you would think you would wear a mask so that way you may get some leverage here, like
1: well, you know, huh,
0: but yes, alas, wear your fucking mask it's uh, so Darwinism, every... at <laughs>
1: Darwinism at work
0: Darwinism at work so wear your mask, guys. It's not over, there's no vaccine yet, there's a lot of uh. Articles saying that there's a vaccine coming soon, but just don't don't see it until you start seeing those cases going down. And I'm sure once that vaccine hits the U.S., the U.S. government is going to do what it does best, and it's going to inflate the fuck out of those prices for you to get that vaccine.
1: So we still got time. <laughs> I'm like, but also just because a vaccine um, is available, you know, doesn't mean that that virus is now like manageable. You know, it took a long time for, you know, vaccines to actually take place for a virus to, like, no longer affect mm-hmm. a population. So, yeah, get used to it, guys. Uh, this is going to be the new norm. So just be mindful. And Spanish flu keeps had to
0: do with it. We're going to have to do with it, too. Also, happy belated birthday to what is supposed to be 79-year-old Emmett Till. Yes supposed to be 79 years old today but we're going to honor his wife um and of course shame the white lady who framed his death
1: oh yeah that bitch
0: yeah okay so moving on how was your week
1: you know honestly my week has been fantastical since the last we spoke i got that new job Mm -hmm. woo woo i got a new car Mm-hmm. Woo woo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um the work that I'm doing is like something that is close to me and I'm really happy with it and I'm making uh, the most that I've made in my entire adult life, really. So this is good things are happening. Life is feeling Gucci. Gucci? I got to meet some cool new people. Yes, I'm excited. Life
0: is feeling Gucci. Can you talk about who you bought your car from?
1: Oh my gosh, this <laughs> is the whole thing. Uh, so I bought my car. Well, actually, like, I don't even know if he wants it out there. I'm sure he does. It, I'm sure he doesn't mind. He's already like a public persona. So um, I, dropped, I got my car from a gentleman named Josh, um, a.k.a. Rain. And uh, He's a Bay Area artist. He has worked with Too Short. He's worked with um, Andre Nicotina and most famously was, uh, I guess, partnered with um, Jacka, who passed. But uh, so, yeah, um, I didn't know <laughs> <laughs> until like after like I was already getting my car from him and like we started talking about music and then i was like oh like oh shit like i'm familiar with your work but i didn't know who you were <laughs> it's like funny how that happens but so yeah we'll have to talk about that um in more detail later and get into more of his work because uh i'm like so surprised
0: <laughs> i was so surprised yeah the jacket is a bay area really sta- nice staple so for you to meet his basically his co-collaborators really it it's it's insane. It's a small world.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like I they even opened up like their own recording studio together and then like covid happened. So <laughs> um but yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal guy. He's really he's really nice. Woohoo. Woo-hoo.
0: Um, I my week was pretty productive. I
1: she was working out. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's mm. talk about that. So a few weeks ago, Lizzo received backlash for her fitness videos.
1: <sighs> of course.
0: Of course. And the reason why she received backlash for those workout videos is because she's a a big bodied woman. Mm. A big bodied woman who is black. Booty a big bodied woman who is black and who was also successful
1: like i like them
0: so of course like all the fucking gremlins and trolls from the basements of i instagram are of course gonna make comments about like fat girls working out what the
1: fuck and it's like well where are we supposed to start (laughs) i never i never missed that mentality i can't tell you how many times like i felt uncomfortable in a gym or like I can tell people who try to like secretly record you, like it's a joke, like it's a funny thing, like, huh, I'm just trying to work out, like, yeah, but I'm actually working out, so I don't understand why you're complaining. There's so many, yeah, there's so many underlying
0: things on why people get to the size that they get to, so for anybody to comment on anybody's journey, it's just completely heartless and very insensitive, but of course you can't stop the internet, right? So anybody who comes from the crevices of 4chan or Reddit, or even from just their mom's basement, they're going to find something to say while eating a whole ass bag of Doritos topped with nacho cheese. These people are not
1: people who (laughs) are concerned about health, clearly. I'm like, dude, go do something more productive with your life.
0: Like a side note, like someone was, there was a famous boxer, or I think it was like an MMA fighter showing a video of how he was working out, and then there was people in the thread who don't have anything to do with working out or being an MMA fighter were critiquing how to how how his workout was going. It's like you're gonna really <laughs> critique a world champion here, and you guys don't have anyway. We're, I'm critiquing people. We're we're people critiquing people here. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. I posted a fitness video in tribute to mostly Lizzo, but also to the girls who feel who feel really shy and um, sad about working out. And it's also really hard to work out these days because of the quarantine. So you don't have access to a gym. Uh, there's, yeah. there's very limited access to gyms uh, and also workout equipment's very expensive. Um, so I just... Well, I had some resistance bands and a jump rope and a regular rope, like one of those heavy ropes. Mm-hmm. And I made like a small little gym in the back of my yard. And I've been looking forward to doing this for a while. I just yeah. finally had the time to do it. Um, so yeah, I'm now gonna start using my backyard as a gym. But I also wanted to kind of show the initiation video of like this is this is for the women who feel ashamed to work out when they're when they're big. Like
1: Hell yeah. And
0: whether if they stay big or, or they choose to work out because it's for their health goals, or if they choose to work out to lose weight, it's, it doesn't matter. Like it's about the journey of being healthy.
1: That's so, I love that you mentioned that, um, because I was watching, there's like a few different groups that I follow on Instagram that are like body positive fitness groups. And one of the women in there had posted like the comments that people send her about oh like let me see what you look like in six months or like in a year oh my god and she's like I look the same but I'm still working out I'm like yeah when's the last time you went and ran five miles or when's the last time you did like push-ups and crunches and sit-ups and like this woman is like lifting mad weight and she's doing jump ropes and like she is more active than like 75% of the people who are on the internet (laughs) you know what I'm saying yeah but they're only worried about what how much weight she's gonna lose I'm like dude it's not about that she's building up her strength she feels good about herself she's posting like her sexy lingerie pictures now and like her confidence has gone through the roof and you can see it in her page so I'm like who cares what size you are it's really like it's about how you feel inside
0: yeah it's really how you feel um yeah, I was doing the ropes and there was a bunch of skinny girls who were like, you can do the ropes like that. I can barely do like two of them. And I have proven that I can pull like, or I can squat like 220 pounds in the gym. Like it's, and I'm still over 200 pounds. Like it's, it's, it's a little sad for me because like, you know, what, the amount of work that I put into working out like all these years and like, I don't see the results, but in the end it's like, at least I know I can carry some weight and I feel like I feel mobile, you know, I feel good. Yeah.
1: I, I think don't... it really depends on the results that you're trying to see. You know what this I mean? Is... Cause I bet that yeah. you're lifting like way more than you used to, but if you were looking to like lose inches, it's just those are not the results that you were looking to see, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I've ran, I've been running. I've been walking. I've been starving. I'm joking. I'm not been starving. No. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it's that just, vegan cheese, man. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that vegan government cheese. Uh, No, but still like I, again, I just wanted to post something so that way people don't feel like they're alone when it comes to working out because I've always worked out at the sizes that I've worked out in and I don't care because I always feel good for the rest of the week. Um, So I want to promote that for anybody else who's feeling a little hesitant.
1: Yeah, yeah. Health Uh, is for any size. You guys can do it.
0: I also, speaking of videos, I bought a new little tripod thingy for me to make more videos which is really nice um and so i've been like taking a lot more pictures and speaking of pictures shout out to val guardiola uh from monterey she altered one of my pictures and made it like a piece of work like a piece of art
1: oh i saw that pretty pretty
0: yeah she's a monterey bay original uh, hasn't left and has been like cultivating the art scene down there. So, um, anybody who wants to go check her stuff out, go find her on Valerie Guardiola on Instagram, Guardiola G U A R D I O L A. She's she's a babe. She is. Yeah. Whoop 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 whoop. Let's get nerdy and dirty.
1: Yes, let's get nerdy and dirty.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's Sunday. I swear to God. We're, we're, it's just like the end of the weekend. And we're like, uh, Monday's
1: tomorrow. Monday, 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 Monday. So I wanted to talk about, um, sex and sensory deprivation. Uh, I don't know if that's anything that you've ever played with, like blindfolds or headphones. Um, I think a lot of us, well, especially if you're in, like, not with a partner, um, do this like intuitively when you close your eyes and like let your imagination take over or you know you close your eyes and like just let yourself be in the moment or get in the mood
0: you mean i have to imagine somebody else when my like, eyes are closed
1: oh to my achieve
0: orgasm with someone else this is such a daria moment I love i'm just word. joking I just, <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm 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 speak, i'm projecting a past Past problems okay go ahead go on
1: oh no <laughs> no so um I wanted to talk about this um like neuroplasticity which is kind of like the the blind warrior syndrome you know like you lose one sense and all of your other senses are heightened mm-hmm. um so neuroplasticity is also called brain malleability and it's the brain's ability to reorganize itself So when you close your eyes, you can hear, well, it's not like you hear better, but your focus um, becomes like more in tune to your hearing and to your sense of touch and to your sense of smell. Um, So I think this would be a fun time, you know, since we're, a lot of us are spending time by ourselves to experiment with this because it's not something that requires a partner. You know, I'm sure we all have, a blindfold laying around or we have headphones um, that are there. We got candles. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing
0: because I'm like, uh, yes, I'm gonna blindfold myself while masturbating. masturbating. Bro,
1: why not? No, I know.
0: Gonna... It just, it just sounds like I'm coming from a place where, like, I'm, I'm really weird and silly, so, like, I'm really, I'm being very facetious about it, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> look, <laughs> look! At... Like, imagine someone walking in, like, what are you doing? Why are you blindfolding <laughs>
1: Um, If they walk in and see you, like, (laughs) mid-sesh with a blindfold and still ask, what are you doing? Like, I would be concerned. Perhaps (laughs) they are also wearing a blindfold. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Mind your business. (laughs) Lols, I feel like the blindfold probably um, doesn't work as well. Because I think the idea is that you don't know when, like, the, the next touch is going to happen. Um, or that, like, your sense of touch is heightened. But if you're touching yourself, you already know. Like, your brain is already knowing to expect that you're going to have that sensation. But it How might did... be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ask, ask, ask away, lady. How did you figure this out? <laughs> um, mind your business. <laughs> How do I deprive my sense of touch through this? no one does not actually you can't okay so people who like wearing um like the rubber suits and the latex suits okay or like who like wax play that is a way of um playing with your um sensory especially (laughs) I hear like when you if you have like the latex paint and then it dries and then like you peel it off I feel like that feels amazing I hear that feels amazing I have not done it myself but I want to Okay. but yes people who like leather who are yeah that's that, that has a no this is, <laughs> no, this <laughs> is no, I, no I'm <laughs> I'm
0: laughing because I'm thinking of dumb scenarios like how you deprive yourself no. of touch do you just like sit there and not touch yourself I wasn't yes, thinking about latex <laughs> I wasn't thinking about latex or, <laughs> or wax play I was thinking You're like so somebody, just so somebody. So <laughs> I was just thinking someone's on their bed like they're just star and they're, yes. thick, and they're just like like heavily meditating of
1: like what yes their next experience. meditate yourself to <laughs> orgasm baby do it i'm sure that's a thing i'm sure it that's a thing yeah but it's just that'll like, be a next a next topic to talk about
0: no, I I'm I feel bad for laughing. I shouldn't be laughing. Don't feel as well. bad. No, Please I laugh. I totally feel bad because like I don't want someone Release to listen to this and like, but I do this. Why is she laughing? Why is she laughing? I <laughs> uh, I learned something new today. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Thank you.
1: Yes, you're welcome. Um, I also in like reading. It was like uh, some people some people are like really uncomfortable with this, especially um like the sense of sound. Uh, A lot of what I was hearing is like if your parents sometimes you rely so heavily on like listening to what's going on in your house to make sure that your children aren't destroying shit that um, (laughs) having earbuds in um, during sex can actually be like distressing (laughs) (laughs) or you know what I mean like it stresses you out and like kind of takes you out of the mood. So um, they yeah they're (laughs) just you got to play around see what works. For you and your partner, if you're with a partner, if you're lucky enough to have somebody uh, cohabitating with you during these times.
0: No, I um, think that's great because the most common sensory deprivation is what people use are blindfolds. Yeah. Right? Um, and with blindfolds, like people like to do things like the stereotype of getting ice and putting around the body or finding different objects to like, re- to like, like feel their partner with to see how they react, and then it goes from all that foreplay to like probably oral. Like I, I can see the lead up to this.
1: Ooh, some some labia massage.
0: Some labia massage. See?
1: Yeah, I feel like that sounds si, much nice too, Pussy massage. How do you? I don't know. How, how do you feel about the word pussy? Pussy. Um,
0: it kind of fits in the same category as titties. titties like
1: hell god
0: yeah we're gonna put that away that goes in a corner (laughs) like if anybody calls my boobs titties i get really mad (laughs) (laughs) i get turned turned off off. yeah immediately (laughs) or if someone takes it to the next level and they say tiggle bitties and i get really upset it reminds me of like terry Crews saying it in white girls and so i get i get really really like like upset. takes you to
1: a non-sexual uh scenario real quick
0: yeah but then i feel like if anybody calls my boobs breasts it's too formal
1: <laughs> breasts yeah that's like um what, what are you bra shopping or you're at the doctor like
0: walk into the room please walk into the room with a business suit because that's what it sounds like to me
1: <laughs> i'm going to examine your breasts now your breasts are lovely your breasts <laughs> your breast is <laughs> your breast eye your breasticulees your breast ticklies. <laughs> yes,
0: your breast Well, that's oh, yeah, pretty nice.
1: And let's not forget, you know, your sense of smell, your sense of taste. You know, make sure it's something that don't get pickles unless your partner's like really into pickles.
0: That's right, pickle your pussy and pickle juice.
1: Pickle that pussy. Pickle oh lord, that pussy. that sounds, that sounds foul. Yeah, that sounds all kinds of not good. Um, that sounds
0: like a week long yeast infection
1: oh no sure no enough. not even
0: week long Let's like say like a month one because yeast infections usually last for a week yeah depending on how fast like how slow you catch it how or much
1: cranberry the- juice you drink well that's a uti it's good for everything i learned um speaking of juices that dark cherry juice is good for like your joints and everything good for gout if you have gout but anyway <laughs> we went all the way around this
0: topic. Okay guys, neuroplastic <laughs> neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. It yes. means that your brain reorganizes its senses once one sense is deprived. Yes. Deprived.
1: Deprived. Be deprived. like daredevil, find that spot.
0: Find that spooty. Okay. <laughs> 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 Let's go into talking about my my long lost uh mother of another century.
1: Um, oh, please Mel- do.
0: Melba Liston, who we've been putting off for a few weeks, but now we can finally talk. We're her sorry, Melba. We're sorry, Melba. Things, the world has been awry. Things have not been good. Yeah, the, the world has not been good. Um, so she was born in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, shortly moving over to los angeles california when she was around um 10 years old uh she got her first trombone when she was seven um and it was one of those things when she first saw the trombone in a store shop she was like this is my true love like this is the thing this is what i want this is what i want to do it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful um and so her mom bought it for her and her grandfather who was a guitarist actually encouraged her to Play and keep going and learn, learn the jazz.
1: Learning the jazz.
0: Yeah. So when she moved to um, LA, she studied under a woman named Alma H- Hightower, who is very known for working with uh, some of the jazz greats, such as Dexter Gordon and Eric Dolphy. Um, She was actually classmates with uh, Dexter Gordon for a really long time, and she ended up being on one of Dexter Gordon's first uh, albums, which was Cry Me a River, and she soloed on the song called Mischievous Lady. So for a while, uh, in the 1940s, uh, she worked at the Lincoln Theater, um, and she also worked in the pit uh, in Los Angeles. And then shortly after she sh- joined the Gerald Wilson big band. And at the time, Gerald Wilson's very, uh, m- very much a big deal. Uh, he had a big band. He was like a top arranger. Um, I was actually lucky enough to see him live at the Monterey jazz festival, just
1: to yeah. know how
0: old he is. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> um, and while she uh, played in that big band, like she also met uh, Dizzy Gillespie, um, And Dizzy Gillespie is like, wow, a woman, like, this is awesome. Like, I need you to be in my band instead. And she's like, okay. And
1: Right? And She's like, go on. (laughs) No, Dizzy, just to like, let you know the caliber of musician that um, Dizzy Gillespie was working with. You know, he worked with like John Coltrane, John Lewis, Mm -hmm. um, many other like huge, huge um, musicians in our world
0: yeah and like kind of just getting into these bands like this is when she started to discover like the touring world the recording world like she was very immersed in these worlds um of course being like a black woman playing like an instrument um that is not a piano or a or she's not a vocalist like there was a lot of skepticism and challenges that she had to overcome but also at the same time she did receive a lot of support through her peers uh to keep playing um Kind of towards the end of her touring life, like around 1949, uh, she toured with Count Basie and then she also toured with Billie Holiday, which Billie Holiday is a legend, but also remember that Billie Holiday is kind of a hot mess. So, like, <laughs> do they, I feel like those two
1: always, almost always go hand in hand.
0: Well, Billie Holiday was kind of like a, like a rebel. Like, she always had a smart mouth on her, uh, she was very vulgar. <laughs> Um, and she was always into the, the, the
1: dregs and the, the
0: alcohol. And so it's
1: jazz, baby. Yeah. Oh, and she wasn't like jazz. a victim
0: of any of this stuff. This was just her life. This was just the life that she wanted to live. So <laughs> she, she toured with she Billie savage. Holiday. And I think one of the last straws for Melba, anyway, for her touring life was that uh, her and Billy Holiday ended up in South Carolina on a tour and they were both broken stranded. <laughs> And oh so God. she's like, okay, like this is a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I want to keep doing this. So she took a little bit of a break. Um, and she started teaching for about three years and then she also did some clerical work. So she worked all around LA just to kind of keep the bills up because you know for teaching and not playing as much and clerical work like you, you got to keep the lights on right. Um, And then she also acted as an extra in a couple of movies called the prodigal and as well as the 10 commandments in 1955 um but don't get me wrong because she is a novelty instrumentalist um you know that little whisper that comes from your closet it's like hey come back hey come back i need you again i I love that whisper i need you to toot that horn melba it was dizzy dizzy was that whisper that's
1: what i hear when i put my (laughs) blindfold on um and i just (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're welcome. I just want to clarify for um, our listeners out there. Oh my I don't think people realize uh, when somebody says that somebody is an instrumentalist or a musician, um, how much really go- goes into that work in terms of arranging and composing um, music. I've seen you work personally, and I'm like blown away. But I also know a lot of musicians who you know can't sight read or the, they learned by ear. Um, she did not (laughs) she composed and arranged like amazing pieces of music so please carry on i just wanted to put that in there too in case that wasn't clear that she's also like on top of just being a phenomenal um musician that she's also arranging and composing pieces for um all these people that she's working with
0: yeah (laughs) exactly i can't
1: believe you did that
0: So she, Dizzy was like, I need you to come back, I need you to play for me, please play for me. And she's like, okay, I will go ahead and play for you. And um, so she returns to Dizzy Gillespie's Big Band in 1956. And then uh, that led into uh, recording with Art Blakely and the Jazz Messengers um, for a few of his projects. Um, and then she also formed an all-women quintet called Melba and Her Bones. So that was mm. something that she kept up for a while. Um, in 1959, she uh, visited Europe. Uh, she was collaborating. Oh no, 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 not yet. Not yet. She she moved. She visited Europe uh, with a show called Free and Easy, which was directed by uh, Quincy Jones. Hey, LG. Um, and then she also was, uh, she accompanied uh, Billy Eckstein with the Quincy Jones Orchestra at Basin East, which was released in 1961 by Verb. Uh Another big milestone for her is that she started collaborating with Randy Weston, uh, who was a big time uh, pianist who was known for arranging his compositions for mid to large size ensembles. Um, and she basically kept performing and continued to performing until she started to, you know, her health started declining. She suffered a few strokes, um, which kind of, um, basically limited her playing. Um, and then after that, uh, she, uh, passed away, um, around, I believe it was like, I think 1999. So yeah, um, I do believe, um, As some people may call her, they call her kind of like the unsung hero of jazz, Um, you know. And again, she's like one of the most famous women trombonists, like the first famous woman trombonist, like for jazz. Um,
1: I mean, and not only that, like she transcended jazz. She was mixing like more contemporary sounds. She was mixing like Motown. She was mixing mm-hmm. African rhythms. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she really was like what Trans, like across all genres, trans We're gonna make up words here. Yeah, and I mean, yeah,
0: of course she did like function in Motown. She mostly played in like a bebop style, though, as you Be-boop? may hear. Yeah, Beboop. Um, and I believe she got the N. It was i can't remember if it was the nea yeah it was the NA, nea jazz masters award um for those who don't know what the nea um it's one of the biggest like kind of like how would i put it it's one of the biggest things that you can be um endowed from for
1: uh
0: what is it called it's called the national endowments for the arts why am i skipping on this i'm like glitching hard so hardcore when i'm national trying to explain Endowment the story
1: of the arts.
0: yeah so she was awarded um that award um and that's a big deal when it comes to um being in the jazz world like that's something that you want um next to being acknowledged in downbeat magazine um so yeah she had a pretty um i would say iconic life yes. um and yeah does the audience
1: have any questions right i wish i wish um i don't know i just think you know especially like in these times where we're talking about black lives matter and we are looking at the contributions that black people have in all kinds of industries but you know especially where we're concerned or especially like where you're concerned music music wise especially in jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you can't deny the work that she put in. And that even like, even though she struggled so much, you're still facing a lot of those struggles.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things with her that really aligned with me. Um, pers- like, on my personal level is that, first of all, I dipped my toes into performing and doing a bunch of performances and, and trying to see if I can make money off of that. That's obviously something I cannot do as a woman trombonist, that's hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard. Um, not only that, but being the only woman in the bass trombone segment of the, the trombone studio in, in college, being one of the only women playing uh bass trombone in Monterey um being one of the only women um in the trombone section during high school or being the only trombone player in high school like it's it's a very isolating um it's a very isolating uh experience i would say because you you get a lot of um compliments and support, but you also get the other side of like, why would you want to do this? Yes. Um, You also get a lot of competition from the guys. Um,
1: Camaraderie and competition. Yeah.
0: Camaraderie and competition. Like it goes hand in hand. And I think I got an equal amount of both. Right. But of course, like with all negative experiences, the negative experiences are going to weigh heavier. Um, I wish (laughs) I would have admitted that during an interview I did in like 2012, which I'm hoping that lady trashed what I said, because that's not the same values that I, I I articulated then that are lining up now. I'm a little bit more awake. My third eye is open. Well, <laughs> she so But yeah, I have experienced a lot of um, heartbreak. Um, I have experienced a lot of like, we only need you because you're a girl. I have experienced a lot of, you can't hang with us because you're a girl, I've gotten the, I've gotten, I've had to like prove myself again and again and again, and I still get like basically volleyballed down into the sand again, because like there's someone else who might be prettier or white or um, more experienced or has like more better networking or even I'm sitting here and like, I actually have more significant networking, but and yet I still get challenged um and so or you ask to be
1: paid for the experience that you have oh yeah
0: asking for payment is like a laughing stock like I have friends who will say like this is what I'm getting paid and no if fans and buts and people are like yes sure but when it comes to me it's like why would we ever pay you that so I've I've gotten a lot of angles with being a woman trombonist that I would say that caused me a lot of trauma um that I'm still working through I'm not saying Melbo experienced trauma but um I like, for example, like I'm now getting back into practicing again, because from my whole college experience, which I felt was like the prime of my playing and I don't want it to be the prime of my playing. Um, I, I'm still overcoming a lot of trauma that I experienced from the toxic world of music. Um, so I stopped doing that and I, um, I actually went into teaching and ironically enough, I am doing clerical work right now. And, I'm not saying I'm going to bounce back and tour with like Maria Schneider's orchestra to be like <laughs> the equivalent of like Dizzy Gillespie's orchestra, but um, I um playing trombone is something that it's not going to escape my identity. It's part of who I am. I've done it since I was nine years old. I've done it for like for 20 years. <laughs> um And so I've, it's not going to leave me regardless of whatever I wherever I'm at am in life um I just wish I had better support in my community as I became more and more adult of she can't do that she can't hang and I get zero support whereas I've seen the opposite where people go oh he got potential he needs a little work there I'm gonna go overcast and mentor him and I've seen this happen where it's like wait but I want to work with you too but I don't look desperate you know Yeah, and it's heartbreaking. So I have to learn a lot of things on my own, um, which I prefer to do now these days. But um, it's really a shame that it playing an instrument that has so much power can have people try to strip that power away from you.
1: Black Um, women in power, baby. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, like I look, I look up to her a lot, um, and every once in a while i try to find like a new fact about her i really want to know what happened in south carolina between her and billy holiday like i really want to know <laughs> billy holiday is also another person i want to talk about but that's actually fun fact and early advert, uh early promo that ill exotic's gonna do a presentation pretty soon in august Hi. and I'm, I'm gonna talk about the the, the messy life of billy holiday <laughs> um, and I don't want to make fun of her. But I, I want to just say, like, who she was based off of the interviews and, and the information that I, I research. But she is incredible, like, from...
1: You know what I think it is about Billie Holiday? Like, she didn't really have a public persona. She really was just fucking out there living her life. And, yeah. like, wasn't crafting any kind of veneer for public's sake, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, she just didn't, like, it's not that she didn't care. She just hadn't, she had an agenda. The agenda was, like, basically, she's like, I'm gonna get somewhere with this. And she got somewhere with it. (laughs) Raw. um and she was she had such a hard edge to her so i'm like okay okay i can fuck with this whereas before when i heard about billy Holiday, the dichotomy was that people felt like oh she's a lost soul she was a prostitute as a young age i'm so i want to feel so sorry for her but like everybody who's worked with her like nah dude she was fucking scary <laughs> <laughs> i i didn't want to piss her off
1: <laughs> Bruh. don't fuck Billy Holiday.
0: But Billy Holiday's for another day. Um let's talk about little Miss Grace who has been incarcerated at the age of 15 by dishonorable judge Mary Brennan.
1: Uh yes. Okay, so she's um a 15 15- Emphasis no, on dishonorable. This honorable judge. So she's in uh, in Michigan, actually. And basically, what happened is she was not um, submitting her schoolwork online. And um, they said that because she had not completed her schoolwork online, this violated her probation. Now, she was on probation. So I think a lot of people like miss that about the story. They just think, oh, she didn't do her homework and that's why a judge threw her in jail like you know of course there's always a little more to the story but this um this is like above and beyond what would be like considered reasonable especially dealing in the middle of a pandemic that you would separate a child from her home um is is like fucking mind-boggling to me and not only that but the judge treated this young girl this girl like she was a grown woman. Her justification for giving her such harsh sentencing was that she believed her to be um, a threat to the public safety. But if the only violation of her probation is that she didn't turn in some homework assignments on time, like how does that make her a threat? I, I feel like this really is just a prime example of the agenda to incarcerate Black people. Oh, totally.
0: So I was, I'm currently listening to a book right now. Um, I think, so you want to talk about race. It's by uh, Jima Oluo. Mm -hmm. And she talked about a young student who was having a hard time in class Threw a fit, started pointing little finger guns at little students, um, and was just being completely resistant, hits his teacher. And, you know, she's talking about this and then they finally w- were starting to talk to the student like, can you describe yourself and write, write something down on this paper and describe yourself? And when he described himself, he wrote five. And five meant that he was five years old. And the teachers who punished this young boy, they were, they were using very strong language. And he was African-American little boy. They were saying they assaulted the students. And Najima's like, uh, 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 you can't say assaulted when it comes down to a five-year-old boy. This boy, like, this is a five-year-old who is upset, who needs help, who needs a little bit more, um, accommodation in your classroom. Um, who will probably need frequent calls to the parents to see what can we do next like this is this is not a, a platform for you to say that this child assaulted because assaulted is usually used for adults who are who are um, Inflicting violence to other adults. Um, and so going back to grace, like for this judge to do that it's it kind of quite definitely quite aligns of the whole agenda of the school to prison pipeline trying to use stronger language for for african-american students to show the seriousness of their of their of their um actions Um, yet like we still have to to paint a story that's a little bit more serious for their actions but also like what drives me insane about that is like I think about kids like Dylan Roof and (laughs) who shot up a fucking church Yeah, and everyone's like, he's troubled. I'm like, don't fucking start there. Like he literally went out of his fucking way to go to this church and shoot people up. He assaulted those people. That's where you use the word assaulted. That's where you use the word murdered. You don't like soften his sentence and take him into a car and get him dinner. Like that- but the disparity of that, obviously, is because he's a little white boy, right?
1: Yeah, I was gonna also say, um, she was attending a school in Beverly Hills. And, you know, she's in a predominantly white area. And um, even her mother was like, you know, I feel like she's being targeted. I feel like this is just a symptom of like, systemic race bias that they would judge her so harshly on this. You know, she's not she's not being incarcerated for stealing or for you know acting out in a violent way it's literally uh a month after their school shut down and switched mm-hmm. over to online learning and she's uh you know understandably struggling and they make it sound like she's the only one no you know there were tons of cases there's like you know like they reported i think in los angeles there were like fifteen thousand high school students um in los angeles and like a third of those students um like didn't turn in their homework you know what i mean yeah
0: there's there's in some counties it's a third and then there's another counties it's literally a quarter of their students are not turning in their homework and then there's also another case of students who are not even logging into their zoom calls because they are facing the anxiety of not sure not show if they're not sure if they have the right class they're not sure if they're following the right schedule they don't want to be called on, they probably don't have the right technical tools to log on, like some of the other students might have like super clear like visuals for for their uh, camera, but there's other students who probably have laptops that have zero camera, you know? And so um, there's the whole pandemic and the at-home learning experience is really, really troubling for a lot of students because they're, as for, Kid, People who are millennials who saw the transition in schooling, like we were able to adapt, but these kids who are not accustomed to that fast of a change, they had the cold turkey, like figure it out. You know, their parents had the cold turkey, figure it out, who are also like, not sure how to navigate technology. Not a lot of them can. The ones who are working in tech companies and can afford all this shit can definitely navigate this stuff. The ones who have full-time nannies know how to navigate this shit. But as for kids who have parents who have to work all the time and they're trying to figure it out, like just cold turkey, that, that can be really intimidating. And so for this girl to be singled out like this, I don't think this judge is just doing it to set her as an example. Like, I feel like definitely if this was a little white girl, it would be different. It's like, oh, let's give her another chance. It's, we don't need to sentence her that heavy. But no, because it is a Black girl, uh, mind you, this is a Black girl on probation. But also let's add the fact that Grace has ADHD.
1: Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. Um, and then not only that, but there's so many other cases where this the states are saying that it's not safe to place these children um into these environments during this time and that they are opting to find other ways of carrying out the sentences they're finding other ways of you know having a disciplinary um, action against these children because you're literally putting their public safety at risk you're putting them at risk. You're separating them from their family. It's already a traumatic time when you've separated children from their peers. Mm-hmm. Like, I I struggle with this um, physical, you know, distancing because we have technology. You know, I'm I'm still able to talk to people and have FaceTime, um, but as a child, like, I can't even imagine going from you know hanging with your friends every day I know how crucial it was for me to have my peers as a child um yeah it's part it's
0: part of it like I I feel like as a thinking back to when I was a student like I relied on having friends to in elementary school and mostly middle school and a little bit of high school like I relied on having friends like I needed friends to feel like I wasn't alone and this is a very, very isolating time for a lot of people because you can't go out, you can't hug your friends, you can't hug some of your relatives, you can't like see your grandmother. Like it's it's a rough time, but for this fucking judge to to basically put these standards on her And not think about, like, the things that she needs aside from going to Juvenile Hall. Like, that's unacceptable. unfucking acceptable And, of course, the judge is a white lady, a white blonde lady who just doesn't fucking get it. She doesn't fucking care.
1: Judge Mary Ellen Brennan um, is the presiding judge of the Oakland County Family Court Division. Not to get Um, it confused
0: with California, Oakland. This is Oakland County, Michigan.
1: Yeah, Oakland County, Michigan. Um, And she has, like, declined through a court administrator to comment on Grace's case. Is she wrong? She knows she's she's, wrong. She's so wrong. She called Grace a threat to the community um, and pretty much cited that she had already let Grace know that, like, she was on thin ice and that she was going to hold her, like, to the letter of the law, which is crazy that you would even, (laughs) like, what? I understand you're a judge, but, like, you're basically threatening a child, Um, And what's even more disturbing, um, her mother, Charisse, Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't able to see her before they actually separated her. Um, I guess she had attempted to um, leave some clothes and toiletries with her, and the officials rejected them because apparently they violated the facility rules. And the rules were like underwear that wasn't briefs or face wipes that contained alcohol, um, a pair of jeans that they deemed um, inappropriate that were too tight. Mind you, these are clothes that her parent, her mom has brought her these jeans. Who are you to tell her that these jeans are too tight for her child? Um, Yeah. And she hasn't been able to really,
0: this also fits within the culture of like white people trying to control black people again. Like, this is what it is. Yeah. Like, like there is such a weird high with like racist white people in power to control people of color and particularly black people. Like what is, I don't understand why there's such a high with that. Like they set up our system, they set it up and we've had to fight that system. And today the 60s, like, oh, my gosh, what year was that? 15, 16. Please remind me of the year of Abraham Lincoln's emancipation.
1: Oh, Lord. Uh, Call us all uh, out. I know.
0: It, it's. I feel like it's 16 or 1775. No, 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 that's 4th of July.
1: Anyway, my point <laughs> is that other white ass holiday.
0: Yeah, it's the other one. Um, But our point is, is like we've been fighting a system to make sure that we are seen as equal as white people in regards to punishment of of, uh, any criminal law or anything lower than that. And we're still having to fight those things. Like, I am so, so upset that this fucking judge set this girl up to feel like that she's always going to forever fail and that that's what she's going to have to do for the rest of her life i'm hoping that this little girl one day will get therapy and that she'll get the self-confidence that she is much more than the system that she has basically been thrown into but this is what sets it up because that little girl's going to meet other troubled little girls or troubled little boys Of different like groups and cultures and then she's going to think like I have to be like this. And so then she's going to find herself in a system where she's not going to get out of So like this is this is the whole thing you put yourself in a basket of of people who are troubled and they're going to think like this is how this is my life, you know, and without the therapy or the right support and I'm hoping she gets the right support that maybe she can transcend past that. Yeah, but this is the system that white people have set up for us. Like, that's what it is. Like, we've always had to push past that. Always. I'm so, this is just so fucking upsetting.
1: Very upsetting. Yeah. And, oh.
0: well, I don't want to say anyways, but uh, if anybody, if there's any petitions out there, keep signing those petitions. Remember, guys, voting is in the 100 days.
1: Yes, please we, register we, to vote.
0: Yeah, register to vote. Figure out who you need to vote for. I'm still trying to figure that out. Don't write in Kanye West's name as a reminder. Do not write in that man's name in the write-in section of your ballot. I swear to God. That would just be a whole fucking deal. Um, so I want to talk about um, on Netflix... Um, there is a show that I just started today. Called Japan Sinks Twenty Twenty.
1: Oh, okay.
0: It's an apocalyptic anime. It's
1: very fucking sad. I was gonna say you choose <laughs> to start watching this now. I <laughs> know. I know. I know. How, I know. how long is I feel like it's been on Netflix for a minute.
0: I think it has been on there for a minute, but I finally got to just press it. Cause if it's like Japan sinks 2020, I'm like, okay, anything that's labeled Japan and I see like an anime, I'm like, I kind of just roll my eyes cause I don't know what to expect, but I clicked it. And then after watching it, I was like, Oh,
1: uh.
0: this is fucking scary. So it basically yeah. the premise starts off that Japan has, it's centered around one family a very athletic, a teenage girl, a mother who is on a plane, a boy who's home alone, and the dad who's in the middle of work. Um, and they're all family, but they're all in separate places when this whole thing starts. Um, a small earthquake hits Japan. And then the aftershock of the earthquake actually turns into a devastating, like tear shit up. Everything is over type of earthquake. So, um, it's very gruesome just from the beginning. Um, and you see the different sides of how the earthquake hits. So you see the earthquake hit the school and the girl survives, but like she sees like all a bunch of dead bodies being tossed around, like the whole room is just trashed. Um, and then you see the mother's side where the earthquake hits the plane and the mom, like once the plane does an emergency landing, and when I say the earthquake hits the plane, this is how it happens. Like an explosion happens in the water and the aftershock of the explosion hits the plane. Yeah. Um, and so the mom, they do an emergency landing and the mom like sees a tsunami coming when she's mm-hmm. in the plane. So instead of like waiting to slide down like that inflatable slide, she just jumps in the water and swims to shore. Um, the brother who's stuck at home, gets thrashed around the house and gets buried underneath a bunch of stuff. And then the dad who works, um, he's kind of like a construction worker and he's like a bunch of flights high, like gets hit and he's like dangling from a rope, but he's not dead. Like he figures out a way how to scramble out of it. Um, but you get to see the different sides of how this family handles a, a disaster scenario. And the people that they come across and all the obstacles that they kind of hit with it. Um, In the second episode itself, like, I was sobbing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I did that it was going to be, like, like Mm heart-wrenching. So the um, filmmaker, Masaki Iwasa, Mm -hmm. um, also did, like, Devilman Crybaby. Mm -hmm. So if, for anybody who's ever watched that, like, you already know how like, visceral Cry Crybaby is in those scenes of, like, depicting violence. It's, like, very graphic. So he, like, does not shy away from, like, shocking the audience. Mm-hmm. So I already, like, had in mind, like, this was not going to be um, by any means, like, a cheerful or even something, like, that was meant to be more on the entertaining side. This was going to be, like, something that was very, like, dark,
0: oh yeah yeah um, judging by the animation style um judging by the animation style and like just seeing how everything is just going from one to another like i obviously like you can tell it's not going to be like some sort of like full metal alchemist type of dark where it's yeah, no, still this... kind of comical times in the in the show there's nothing like there's nothing comical there's just a yeah lot there's of, no like, comic
1: relief it's just death <laughs> Lost tragedy
0: yeah and you get so upset because you're like wow you even experience like racism (laughs) in the show and that's like it's just a lot so like i would recommend anybody who is feeling like needing to see like a well i wouldn't say needing to see but if you guys want to check out like a devastating um flick or a series i i would recommend japan Sings. it's very engaging and, and you're immediately immersed like i i would recommend that show before it gets taken off of
1: the flicks oh sorry my it's brother okay. was calling me and in- stop I'll call tell you your later. brother call your brother later I'll i guess that, later, that's bro. a good thing
0: to go on to the next thing so tell me about some avatar
1: Ooh. um So, yes, Legend of Korra is coming to Netflix and um, I can't remember if they had a specific date for it yet. I really hope it's not a hoax. I would be really sad. (laughs) Um, Korra, no, it is coming to Netflix. It should be, oh, August 14th, hey, happy birthday to a certain Leo I know. It's Leo's season, yo. (laughs) So, Legend of Korra, um, first of all, female avatar, which, yay, yay. I honestly... Female really, gay avatar. Oh, female gay avatar. I cannot let that part slide. I was really hoping um, that they were going to do a series for uh, Kiyoshi, mm-hmm. just because it's like she seemed like such a badass. <laughs> nope. No qualms about like all other avatars doing find, bad.
0: <laughs> all other avatars, find forgiveness, Kyoshi, kill that bitch. Kill that bitch. Or she just like
1: showed up to the trial. You, yeah, I killed him. And even if he hadn't fallen off that cliff, I honestly, you know, I probably would have killed him anyway. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite episodes of Avatar, actually, is when he's in that trial. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Legend of Kor takes place 70 years after. The final events of avatar so you get to see you know uh all our favorite characters grown up i won't say all some of them uh have passed but i won't spoil it because i don't want to like give you too much but yeah, i didn't just, watch it <laughs> oh, what you haven't watched Bruh, grown up top everything to live for good just saying good metal vending is a thing good yes um so let's get metal Let's get metal. I fucking love Toph. She's my favorite. Um, so basically, you get to see her like come to grips with being the Avatar and um, trying to learn it's been well, I can't remember how much time has passed. Aang is no longer alive. But Like, it's been a while since they've had an avatar, you know what I mean? Thanks for the spoiler. (sighs) (sighs) Thanks for the spoiler. It's Legend of Korra, okay? It's not Legend of Aang. (laughs) Aang got his series. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there's, like, queer people all over the place. Um, You got bisexual representation in there, like, which I feel is becoming more popular in all ages programming but you don't you know what i mean like what well, i think uh nickelodeon's too been many other-
0: yeah nickelodeon's been ahead of the game with like actually trying to find the right pr- approaches to i think Being it's Nickel- inclusive. Yeah, yeah nickelodeon and cartoon network especially um the one who's just falling a little behind is a <laughs> the mouse
1: oh that mouse yeah that mouse is way behind Yeah, we don't. But that's never really been. The mouse is all about like killing parents, tragic stories, weird arranged marriages. I just read an. Sorry, like I read an article. 16 year old girls going after dick. Oh, God. I read an article about Maleficent and how um, the cutting of her wings was just an allegory for rape, and like it kind of messed me up. So. yeah disney <laughs>
0: we don't say shit. those words we Is don't it. talk
1: about the mouse so they come after us oh i'm sorry the moose the moose mouse skin i'm um, so yeah i'm i'm excited even though i own uh legend of Korra on dvd i am a lazy bum and i like the option of streaming it on netflix so yes uh, i'll be ecstatic when that comes out and i'll definitely be rewatching it wait, wait, wait. when it does
0: Um, also, I had a question about The Boys on Netflix. I tried to find it, but I can't find it.
1: Oh, actually, um, that's because I think The Boys is not on Netflix. I think The Boys is, um, Amazon Prime.
0: Oh, tell me about that show.
1: Okay, so The Boys is, like, you know, they're superheroes, and, you know, they're, like, popular celebrities, But then the show does a really interesting thing where they kind of run it as if the superheroes were like part of a corporation. And of course, anytime you have a corporation, you have capitalism, greed, and corruption and it really explores the corrupt side of these superheroes how basically just because you um have powers does not mean that you are always um endowed with the great sense of morality Mm -hmm. and it basically like without giving away too many um spoilers it's kind of like who watches the watchman type deal where you know the what happens when like the heroes go rogue and if um, their money is challenged or like when their dirty little secrets start coming out, um, they start abusing their powers. Um, so like, uh, it's an awesome series. I really loved it. I cannot wait to watch it again and for season two to come out. Um, it Carl Urban's in this? Yeah. Cast is amazing. The cast is phenomenal. Uh, it got like an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes which I feel like is, you know, they're pretty jerk, jerk-like jerk over there. They're strict with their ratings. Yeah. So basically, yeah, you get like a bunch of anti-heroes. It's good. Dark comedy. I, I definitely do not recommend it for children. Even though it's superheroes, it's definitely for adults. So. For sure. Please keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, the casting looks really good. I'm I'm kind of like looking through it right now. Um like I've seen I've seen Anthony Starr somewhere else. Um I've seen who else? The girl that was in uh Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. um, who is I guess she's the superhero Starlight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, like this this looks really interesting. I'm I'm down to watch. But it's on Amazon Prime, right? Yes. I guess I'm going to have to make some sacrifices here.
1: Some sacrifices. (laughs) I'm trying to think we're at. Yeah. Amazon Prime. Okay. Then that's cool. Um, Is it okay if we can go down to the big
0: move segment? Yeah. So I'm going to give big move Monday uh, to Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. He is a
1: WWE superstar part of the Noonday. I hope I did that right. (laughs) i hope you did that right too, because i wouldn't be able to tell you if you did that wrong <laughs> i'm like yeah <laughs> get hyped <laughs> uh
0: he is um petitioning himself to be a host for g4 tv since g4 tv kind of like sent out this like really vague tweet about saying we're still here and so xavier was like i want in on this i'm gonna do this and so i'm like yo yeah he would be a perfect host for g4 tv he's like been hosting on up up down down which is his whole uh, vlog series on uh, with other wrestlers and playing video games with them he goes to conventions he's been a host for kind of funny live like he's just been everywhere and so aside from his whole career being part of the new day with the guy with the trombone um and just making all these like iconic iconic appearances like one time he showed up to wrestlemania in uh the stevie wonder braids uh from the album uh hotter than a summer in july uh (laughs) and he's also showed up as a super Saiyan too so he's also a very avid uh cosplayer uh he's done uh is it toast man from Brendan simby anyway oh my god yeah he was he was that guy so anyway he's just been like such a bundle of joy and so like he wants to be the host for g4 tv i totally support this i think g4 tv would be going in the right direction if they did this um and so yeah so big move will go to xavier woods for g4
1: tv wow Yay!
0: This is, where, this is where
1: the kids go in the background. Hooray! Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> um, I just wanted, can we do an honorable mention? Sure. Um. For Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Yay. So she Eat
0: is... Ted Coat. Toho, toho, whatever. <laughs> fuck that guy. Yo yo. <laughs> uh, <toes>.
1: yeah. <laughs> toes. Toes. <laughs> oh my god. So fuck so, that guy. Um, yeah, fuck that guy for real. Alexandria is um the Democratic that res- representative uh, for Washington, um, and recently Representative Ted Yoho from Florida, Republican, um. In front of reporters, called her a fucking bitch. Uh, what an idiot. What, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. What an um, idiot. What
0: a fucking, like, sexist piece of shit.
1: And then like, I guess even before that, like, he had um, some just nasty things to say to her, like, alongside another representative who was with him. Um, and basically, she was going to let it slide. Um, like just the nasty comments to her she was she was like gonna let it slide no. um, <laughs> and, and then ain't gonna you know, let shit slide made those comments on t v and then she started thinking about all the young women um that are in this nation, and was like, I love it. I think she was like, my parents didn't raise me to like accept abuse, mm-hmm. you know what I mean,
0: mm-hmm. um, so
1: she made. An incredibly empowering speech so you and anybody should just google it uh she's oh, perfect her yeah her so response she, was flawless
0: yeah the biggest thing that i really loved about her response is that men will use their wives and their daughters as a shield for their nasty comments and their apologies mm-hmm. when they sh- when this guy is a full grown ass man right he shouldn't have never said this in the first place it's one thing when you're like a child and you say it and you're like oh i didn't realize i'm just spewing shit like whoa and then you grow up like years later and say this but this guy is an established representative an established representative who's been um basically the ranking member of the house foreign affairs subcommittee on Asia, the Pacific, the non and speaks on before the GOP house. So he he is a strategic talker. Anybody in politics is a strategic talker. Anybody on the executive committee of anything is a strategic talker. And for him to just out like go on a whim and say that, or go off of a whim and just say it like he has zero control. Those are lies. So his apology ain't
1: shit. His whole like stance. Th- his like, apology was not even an apology. Y- like, yeah, and he then apologized for getting caught and didn't actually address his behavior. Oh,
0: totally. And so for him to just like, if he does apologize, I didn't read his apologize because like I don't, I don't fuck with white tier apologies. Like I just don't. But like for him if he uses his wife or daughter being like, I have a wife and daughter and I understand how important it is not to say those things. You shouldn't have said it in the fucking first place. Like it's the same thing with any other man who's used that excuse. Like, well, I have a daughter, like guys who use, I have a daughter and I would never for like to counterpoint rape. Like that's so stupid. It's like, just don't fucking do it. Don't do it in the first place. We all know it's fucking wrong. Don't be like, I have a black wife, so I'm not racist. Like, don't fucking go there. Like, just be a decent fucking person and just understand the fucking standards that you should live by without using another woman to soften your, to soften and put, build more credit towards your fucking apology. You fucking piece of shit. Ted Yoho.
1: I really, I do want to read his apology just so you guys can understand. No, um, God, no. That it oh, a, my God. No, please. Uh, just please. don't
0: waste two minutes of my time. Please. <laughs>
1: please. Uh, the offensive name calling words attributed to me by the press were never spoken to my colleagues. And if they were construed that way, I apologize for their misunderstanding. What's What? <laughs> how do you misconstrue?
0: How do you misconstrue, you fucking bitch? How do you misconstrue that? How do you misconstrue you fucking bitch? If I'm like in the club and I see like AOC in the club, I'm like, hey bitch, hey! Like that's a hey. different context, but he wasn't there. He's over there snide and being like,
1: no. You and at the bitch. end of it, this is another thing that I really Also, I would um, never
0: call AOC a bitch. Like even if I'm playing around like, hey homegirl, a hey, bitch, like that's not how it works.
1: That's no. She like, especially um in the position that they're in. You're in the public eye. You're supposed to be, you're representing. People, you know, you are there for what is supposedly, um, you know, political positions of power. And it's kind of sad that um, how we view politics in this country has drastically changed with Donald Trump being in office and what's become acceptable of our leaders. Um, But this is, you know, a platform that generally should be, you know, I guess, like, it should carry weight. You're not just ordinary people on the street. You're not, like, this shouldn't be tolerated in any workspace, but definitely not at the levels that you are working with. Um, But anyway, the the other thing I really can't stand is um, people who deflect and try to, like, rally people to their side only based on patriotism. So he's like, oh, I'm very passionate for, like, loving God and my family and my country. And just, like, using those trigger words to try I mean, and, like... How times
0: do I need to tell people that America was supposed to be a secular country? Fuck you guys.
1: Like, uh, uh. So apparently he made that apology, and that's really what, like, set her over the edge and was like, um, no, that's not an apology. I'm not going to let this go. And then she also, what I really loved is, like, she spoke up for his daughter as well. She was like, I understand that, like his statements are gonna make a lot of people angry and they're going to try and justify this as a way of treating his daughter poorly. You know, like, oh, your dad said this clearly, he doesn't give a fuck about women, he calls other women bitches so I can call you a bitch type deal and yeah. like, um, I really admire her for also bringing up that that type of retaliatory behavior is not okay. Violence and abuse towards women is not okay, no matter um, how you feel about the people that are, connected to them you can't choose your parents yeah her dad may be shitty but that's not an excuse to treat her you know worse you
0: can't choose your parents but you
1: sure can get rid of them patricide this show does not condone murder of your parents
0: don't murder your parents do not do that but if your parents are fucking pieces of public shit you should probably consider getting rid of them
1: wow that worked for both her mother and her father cuz her mom's fucking ridiculous <laughs> shit. Hey. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
0: no shout out to AOC for bringing up the fucking real issues and also dismantling what his actual apology is. I'm so tired of men apologizing for things that they could have prevented by just being de- decent people. Like
1: Right. Just don't be an asshole. Don't, don't be an asshole. Be Wear, an a asshole. <laughs> Wear a mask. Wear
0: a mask. All right. All right. wow jinx! Uh, (laughs) okay well we'll catch you guys next week i hope you guys thanks for joining us stay hydrated
1: do your kegels
0: do your kegels and play with that
1: blindfold
0: play with that blindfold and we'll see you next time bye